Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hello, and welcome back to Addicted to Busy. Here in the Midwest, spring has sprung, and so has my lawn. And I have never been one who necessarily loves lawn work, so to speak, and I've never been into gardening. But my husband and I just bought a new house last year and we're starting to see what's coming back through the garden. And I'm starting to get a little curious about gardening. And I think that this might be something I could be into in the future. However, I have killed probably nine out of every 10 house plants that I've tried to keep alive. So I'm hoping that it goes better than my adventure with house plants. Who knows? Maybe someday I'll eventually get good enough where I could have my own vegetable garden. But for this year, I think I'm going to start by planting one plant in the lawn and see if I can keep it alive. Anyways, today what I want to talk about is how to stop putting yourself last. This podcast episode is for the managers who feel that they are always busy, but never really achieving anything or who find themselves exhausted after a full day at the office, only to have to switch right into doing emails and projects in the evening. Now, if this sounds like you, don't worry, you are not alone. Overworking has become a badge of honor in our modern world, and many of us in the property management industry feel really trapped in this hamster wheel of overworking. If you know that you're overworking, but you don't necessarily know how to make it stop, you're listening to the right podcast. As a property manager, it's pretty much expected that you put yourself last. The role of a property manager is no walk in the park. On one hand, you are the liaison between tenants, vendors, and contractors. And on the other hand, you are constantly juggling the responsibilities and deadlines of rent collection, maintenance processes, marketing, accounting. It's honestly no wonder why your phone is going off every other minute. But it gets worse when you're dealing with sudden emergencies and tenants and residents who just never seem to be happy. Not to mention, in order to be competitive, you have to stay on top of all of the changing industry trends and your market's economic climate. So needless to say, it's never ending and exhausting. Not to mention, many of your tenants might feel entitled to a myriad of services that go above and beyond their lease agreements. And you're trying to serve them while also serving the expectations and demands of your property owners, which is a whole other beast in itself. It's honestly no wonder why the majority of property managers feel burned out and or are ready to quit. But there's a spot where managers are getting it all wrong. Most property managers have found themselves stuck in a never-ending cycle of playing catch-up. And because of that, they're working longer hours in an effort to get caught up. But that's the catch. 
overworking makes you significantly less productive. So even though you're technically working more, that doesn't always mean that you're actually getting more done. I remember I once had a mentor tell me that if you are working more than 40 hours a week, every single week, that does not mean that you're busy. That means that you're sloppy with your time and you're not clear on your priorities. Now, why I remember when she said this, I was first somewhat offended. Plus, it didn't make sense to me because my properties were performing really well and we were nailing our tenant feedback surveys. But she was right. Sure, my performance was great, but I could be performing at that same level without having to overwork. So how do you figure? You see, when you're overworking, you have less time to sort out the rest of your life. So those weeks that I was putting in 50 plus hours, yes, I was getting work done, but I was leaving so many other things undone. First of all, I wasn't getting a full seven to eight hours of sleep. And because of that, I wasn't able to work at my full potential. I kept cutting myself off at the knees because I was starting each day already exhausted from a lack of sleep. Not to mention, since I didn't have time to grocery shop or cook, I was eating really crappy food. I was getting takeout at least every other day, which again, that got in the way of me functioning at my highest capacity. So here I am sleep deprived and feeding myself crappy food. It goes without saying that I tended to be shorter with people, which is why my relationships were suffering. I was getting called out by friends and family for how much I was working, and I really felt like I couldn't make anybody happy. Not to mention, I constantly felt unfulfilled. I was a cog in a wheel, and I didn't have any time for my personal goals or for my hobbies. This cycle was soul-crushing, and I tried everything I could to get out of it. I bought every planner you can imagine. I tried Trello, Asana, Monday, Teams. I set out of offices, read books about designing my life and taking control of my time. And I would read any article that boasted that it would increase my productivity in some way. But none of these worked. And I'll tell you why. All of these tactics were focused on the doing of my job. I wasn't addressing the actual problem. The problem was that I kept putting myself on the back burner. I believed I had to give my job all of my time and energy and that whatever was left over, if anything at all, that's what was left for me. Sadly, that's how I got stuck in the cycle of dragging myself through each day. Do you feel me here? If you do, I have to tell you, you might have it all backwards just like I did. I'm going to repeat what my mentor told me. If you're working more than 40 hours a week every single week, That doesn't mean that you're busy. That means that you're sloppy with your time and you're not clear on your priorities. When you prioritize yourself, your health, your creativity, your friends, your family, and yourself, and you put all of that first, you're able to show up to work with far more energy, mental bandwidth, and fulfillment. You will be able to do more on less time. Now I hear you, as property managers, it is common to place the needs of others above our own. 
We've been conditioned to believe that putting others first is a selfless act and that we should always strive to help others before ourselves. A lot of managers fear putting themselves first. They worry that they will be replaced or that others will see them as lazy or that they're not dedicated to their jobs or that they could get passed over for promotions. But what most managers find when they start putting themselves first is the exact opposite. Because they're no longer stuck in the gotta catch up cycle, they're more efficient. And since they're more efficient, they tend to be in a better mood and being in a better mood improves relationships. When managers prioritize sleep and diet, it leads to overall improved self-esteem, which comes in handy when you're working with your colleagues and your ownership groups. Too many managers look at work-life balance as a zero-sum game. This is a false belief that prioritizing ourselves will come at the expense of others, but it's the opposite. When we put ourselves first, we have more to give to others, and more so when you put yourself first and show others how to do the same, we all end up with more to give. I can remember years ago, I was preparing my site for its first REAC inspection. And at that time, my career dominated all of my time. I was really an active and creative person, but I wasn't showing up in that way. I loved to go running, explore my city, and watch live music. I liked to craft and scrapbook, and I had dreams of taking dance classes, but I was doing none of that. I remember after a particularly bad site visit, I had resigned myself to working late. I wanted to, quote unquote, right all the wrongs that the owners had brought to light. But then it hit me. I feel like crap about this site visit, and I feel like crap because I keep skipping going for a run at night. And I remember thinking in that moment, I might as well just go for the run because there's literally nothing I can do to fix all of this within the next three hours. Sure, I came back to work the next day buried in emails with a follow-up list that just wouldn't quit. But the next morning, I also came back feeling physically great because I made a healthy choice for myself. I returned with more physical and mental energy. So I chose myself over and over again, day after day. And no, I didn't lose my job. I got promoted. All right, so you've heard me ramble, and now you're probably wondering, how do I do this? And there is one missing piece that will make all of the difference. But before I get to it, I do have to give you a caveat. And that is that you don't need me to tell you what to do. Listen, you know you better than anyone. You know what you need, whether it is prioritizing sleep or reducing how much you scroll on your phone or how much you are eating, you probably already know what you need to do in order to put yourself first and take care of your health. Getting property managers to a point where they decide they want to put themselves first is really only half the battle. The next challenge is that once a manager decides that it's time to take care of themselves, most managers are so acclimated to overworking that they find it hard to quit their old overworking habits. Many people can assume that putting yourself should feel good, but for those who have been overworking for years on end, 
taking care of yourself might feel uncomfortable at first. Checking out of work is a new experience, and any experience that is new will feel uncomfortable, even if it's technically a good experience. So here's the root of the problem, the belief that time off of work should feel good, but oftentimes it doesn't because we're out of practice. When it comes to developing new habits, it's important to recognize that they're going to feel uncomfortable at first. This is because our brains are hardwired to resist change, even when the change is ultimately beneficial for us. So to combat that feeling of discomfort, it's important to be aware of the fact that there are multiple stages of forming a new habit. In the first stages of forming any new habit, you might experience a little bit of confusion or frustration, but as you gain more experience with that habit, your understanding of it will increase and those feelings of uncertainty are going to dissipate over time. The key to making this work is sticking to it even when it doesn't feel good. I'll give you an example. In my current role, I do a lot of public speaking events, and most of those events are out of state, which means that I lose out on time in front of my computer to respond to emails. I remember I had a week where I was in four different states over the course of a week. And my first day back in the office was on a Wednesday. And usually at Wednesdays at 5 p.m., I take a dance class. That first Wednesday that I returned to the office, it was 5 p.m., time to leave for the class. And I did not want to. My email inbox still had unread messages. There were Slack threads piled up waiting for a response from me, and I hadn't had the chance to check in with all of my one-on-one clients. I started to feel that old urge coming back from my days of overworking. I was very tempted to skip the class and spend the evening cleaning out my messages. But I knew that if I had skipped on the dance class, that I would likely work until late in the evening and then there would be a higher chance of me getting burned out. So remember what I just said, the key to making this work is sticking to it even when it doesn't feel good. The truth is, is that it would have felt good in the moment to sit and clear out all of those messages, but then it would feel awful later on because I would no longer have a good balance between work and play. Listen, there will never be a day in property management where you aren't bombarded with emails, texts, voicemails, messages. If you don't have the ability to shut down, you will never shut off. This industry doesn't sleep, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Here's the thing. When I give my brain a small break from my work, I am able to return to work with renewed energy and increased focus. Yes, it does feel uncomfortable in the moment to leave a few things undone that I could probably get done in the evening. But over time, it feels better for you in the long run when you look back at the holistic picture of your week and it is balanced. It's been a while since I've put a plug in on the podcast for the journal questions. And so I got to tell you, there is a huge difference between just listening to this podcast versus connecting this work to your own life. Listen, if you journaled every day for 15 minutes, you are going to amaze yourself at what you find. And if you are trying to change habits that are getting in your way of maintaining good work-life balance, 
journaling is a way to exponentially increase how fast you adopt those new habits. And that is why we offer free journal prompts every week to guide you on your journey. So hop on over to our website to grab them. That's anahavalyana.com backslash journal. That's A-N-A-J-A-V as in vegetable, E-L-L-A-N-A.com backslash journal. I love y'all. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.